God is good. Come on, I say it all the time. Do you believe it? Is God good? Has he been good to you? Come on, just look around for just a few seconds, right? Has he been good to you? Come on. Food in your belly. Shelter over us. Right? Bed to sleep in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Nobody had to sleep on a pile of straw last night, did they? Come on. We can help with that if you did. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Just, yeah, might have felt like it. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. God's moving. Have you noticed? You guys pay attention to some world news at all? Have you, have you looked down at Brazil, taking a look at what's going on in Brazil? I don't mean checking on CNN. I mean checking on some resources that are Christian-based. Have you noticed? Brazil's having massive revival. Did you know that? You know the light shines brightest when it's the darkest out? Did you know that? Brazil had a dark time, dark season, a lot of witchcraft, a lot of demonic activity. But guess what? Jesus is showing up like never before because people are going and they're serving and they're witnessing and they're preaching the gospel. And there's mass revival happening in Brazil. Amen. Do you know Brazil's roughly the same size as the United States, the continental, 48? Did you know that? It's a huge country, huge, lots of people. And God's moving. And that's a sign of the times <clears throat> for us. To know that Jesus is close. Amen? That means he's going to move in America too because God's not done with America. Come on, don't listen to the people saying God's judging America and we're going to fall and we're going to crash and we're going to burn. Come on, the mercy of God is on America. Amen? Amen. And we're going to do more than we ever have. Because God is good. And we've got to see it that way so we can experience it that way. Did you know that? All right, thank you, Lord. Just want to encourage you with the testimony. Um, word came out for backs being healed uh, just a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, maybe even just it was just last Sunday. And Greg, uh, he said his back pain totally left his back. He was like, "Yep, that's me." And he brought me in the evidence of the doctor's report that said, "Yep, he had low back pain as recently as uh, last month." And God touched him, healed his back, because God's a healer. Amen. And uh, he, it's not just it's not just because somebody said something about seeing God healing a back, it's, it's because God wants to move in our lives. And these testimonies of God healing backs and healing shoulders and fixing feet and all kinds of stuff is to, for us to know that God is still alive and well and moving. Amen? So if you need healing in your body, just receive it. Just receive it. Jesus had many people come to him and say, well, I, will, I wish that you would heal me. I, I would want you to heal me. And he would say, receive your sight, right? Stretch out your hands. Stand up and walk, Right? He was pulling on the people what they were believing for. So we're going to see some things this morning about the imagery of what we see, how we think, how we imagine, what we see in the eyes of our spirit so that it can manifest in our, in our lives. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Those are good testimonies. I like hearing those. So God's healing us. Amen? Yeah. Guess hear, like hearing that stuff? Fires me up. Gets me excited. Thank you, Lord. All right, you guys ready for some word? Absolutely. Thank you, Jesus. I want to put a little bit of a bug in your ear so you're thinking about it. Uh, if you noticed and you looked around, uh, we, get, we get fuller and fuller. There's more and more people and more and more kids. And, and uh, we're getting to a place where we're going to have to seriously consider a two-service option. Did you know that? You can, only, you can only put so many chairs in this room before the fire marshal shows up. And... Uh, Last year, at Easter, we did two services. We just felt like the Lord wanted us to do that, and, uh, and we did it. We did two services back-to-back, -back, 
and the, the people that served in those services just served two services in a row. And it adds just a little bit more than an hour to your Sunday morning when you're serving, when you do back-to-back services. Just a little bit more than an hour. And um, what we'd like to do is do that again, because last year we saw 188 people come to church on Easter. Now, just to give you a perspective, our regular attendance is anywhere in the 90s to the mid-100s on, our, on an average. And it fluctuates. And I'm telling you, just from statistics, just understanding human nature in America, people do not like to come into church and sit shoulder to shoulder with people they don't know. And if you just look around, you can tell that is the truth, right? The families are sitting together and there's a chair between you. <laughs> so that means that we've got to make, we've got to make more room. We've got to figure out how to do that. And two services is an option, is an option for that. So I want you to be praying and believing with us because we're going to do that at Easter. We're going to do it again, two services at Easter. And we're believing God and praying as we move closer to Easter, what he wants us to do, if he wants us to continue that and stay at two services. But it's going to require some help. Everybody say, it requires help. Come on, that's you guys, right? We, we got people that serve all over the place, and we need more help. We need more help to go to two services. And it's a commitment. I understand it. But Jesus is coming back soon. <laughs> we don't have another 20 years. I don't think we have another 10 years. I think we've got a handful of years. It's close. It's close. So we got some work to do, amen? And if we've got to show up a little bit early and stay a little bit late so that other people can show up and hear about Jesus, get their bodies healed, change a whole generation of folks, right, from the, from the fathers to the mothers to the children, amen. then it's worth it, amen? amen? You know, our rewards are all the same when we serve in church. Your reward's the same as my reward when we serve in church together because we're all doing the same thing, right? We all have different functions, different parts and places and pieces, but we all get the same reward for serving in the kingdom. You guys okay? This is what we do. This is what church people do. We serve, amen? We're saved to serve. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Okay, you still with me? I just wanted to, I wanted to bounce that off you. So you're thinking about it and praying about it because we're excited about it. God's doing big things in the West Plains. Amen? amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, see if there's anything else. Nope. I feel like that's, we're just marching. Got some marching orders. Thank you, Lord. All right, would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians. I'll tell you this. Uh, if you got your Bible apps, your notepads, your iPads, your laptops, if you bring the hard copy of the Word of God, it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to do. I encourage you to do that and bring it regular. And uh, be able to look things up, see, them, see those things written down. So you can highlight them in your Bible apps, you can highlight them in your Bible. It's good for you, amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 11, 12, and 13. <clears throat> In the King James it says, Ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. Ye are not strained or restrained in us, but you are restrained inside in your own self. Now for recompense in the same, I speak as to my children, be ye also enlarged. I know that's a lot of old English. But let me read it to you in the message paraphrase. It says this, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you are living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Live openly and expansively. The Amplified says, Open wide your hearts also. Live wide open. God's got some big things for us in this year and in the years to come before Jesus' return that he needs, he's going to need people believing big. Amen? Yeah. 
And so I want, I want to be one of those believers, believing big, seeing God move in my life and in the lives of those around me. Don't you? Come on now, we can just make it. We can make it to the gates of heaven. We could just coast on in just doing the same things we've always done. Or, come on, we could step up to something bigger and higher than ourselves, higher than what we've seen in the past. Did you know that? That's a good thing. That's what faith is. We move from faith to faith, from one revelation of knowledge in the faith and the word of God to another revelation of knowledge in the faith of God. Amen? We're, we're designed to grow. Like it or not, we're designed to grow. So we can't be stagnant. Amen? We defined this uh, thinking, this idea, this conception, this imagination as the ability to form mental images of things that are not present to the senses. When we, we use our imagination to see things the way they're supposed to be before we see them come to pass. We have to use our God-given imagination to see that. And the Word of God forms and shapes those thoughts and those ideas. It's the Word, amen? It's the Word of God. If we don't know what the Word says, we're severely lacking in what God can do in our lives. We're limited in the scope and the ability of what He wants to do because His Word is what transforms our thinking into His image, into His glory. It's His Word. We're heavy on the word around here, right? If we talk about what we believe, if we talk, if, if we talk about things the way we believe them, we got to be able to back them up with what the scripture says. Where's the scripture for that? Amen? Because we're faith people. Faith people know and learn the word. Not memorized it cover to cover, but you know the word for your situation, for your, situ- your circumstance, what you're dealing with, what God's impressed upon your heart, what does the word say? Yeah? It's the word. Everybody say, it's the word. Vision will always produce passion, but passion can fade without action. We talked for the last couple of weeks of, of um, being intentional with our time, being intentional with what we're doing for the kingdom of God. You got to do things on purpose. You know that? You got to in, be intentional about what you put on in the morning to, before you go to work. You got to be intentional about where you go to work. You got to be intentional about being on time and doing your job well, right? You got to be intentional about your marriage, about how you raise your kids and how you take care of your house. You got to be intentional about these things because if you just let it do whatever, chaos will ensue. (laughs) Have you seen that? The chaos of families, the chaos of houses, the chaos of work. Come on, you got to be intentional. Amen? Thank you, Lord. We saw in Psalm 1, 2 and 2, 1 that the words meditate and imagine are used interchangeably. Same word. What you meditate on, what you think about is the same as what you imagine. The Bible says meditate on the word of God. Meditate on the word of God that you may be planted like a tree by the living water. We've got to meditate. That means you've got to imagine that what I see in the word, what I see God say about me, what I have, what I can do, what he said I am, that I'm his adopted son, I got to imagine what that looks like to be his created being, fully submitted to him. What does that look like? Because there's a battle for your mind. There's a battle for your thoughts, right? The enemy wants to see, see you, uh, make you see yourself in one image, right? Weak and shallow, and dark. He wants you to see yourself like that. And God is saying, no, look at, look at how you see yourself the way I see you. Strong in the power of the Lord, right? Full of the Spirit. 
Do you see that? God, God is vying for our attention through his word, and so is the enemy. It's a battle of darkness and light. It's always a battle of darkness and light. And darkness, come on, darkness never once has anything to say or any pushback whatsoever when the light comes on. Did you know that? You have never once walked into a room and flipped the light on and see the darkness roll halfway back. And then this battle (laughs) ensues. Never, never, right? You turn the lights on and they're on. And darkness only flourishes when there's a lack of light. And God says, my word is light. It's light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path. Come on, you got to put the light in. You got to put the light in. I'm not talking about just memorizing just oodles of scripture. I'm talking about putting the word in front of your eyes and putting it into your ears and hearing it. Watch life change. Because the images in the word of God are containers of power and they will produce in your life what they are instructed to do when you put them into your heart, into your spirit. The word of God. You put them in here, you imagine what it looks like. You think about it. You ponder it. You meditate on it. Mm. Begin to see yourself the way God sees you. He's not angry with you. He's not upset. He's not wringing his hands. Jesus paid the price. And it was enough. It was more than enough. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Those who have called Jesus Lord have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are free. You're no longer slave to that sin. Just because your flesh wants to go back and do that (laughs) does not mean you're a slave to it anymore. right. Right? The old man was a slave to it. You had no hope. Born again people have hope. Amen? So don't listen to the lie of the enemy that you're somehow under judgment of God's wrath. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're set free. Come on, no, we're not trying to earn this. You can't earn it. The religions of the world try to earn the grace of God. It is not earnable. It is free. That doesn't mean we just go out and do whatever we want. Well, if it's free, here we go. Come on now. When we love him, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. He didn't say, if you want to be born again, if you want to be saved, you'll obey me. He didn't say that. He said, if you love me. Come on, when you love your kids, when you love your spouse, when you love your family, you don't do certain things to them because it's not right. It's harmful to them. It hurts their feelings. It hurts their heart. There are things you just don't do, right? So God loves us, and he's forgiven us, and he's redeemed us, and he's given us a place in the kingdom of God. He seated us at his own son's right hand in heavenly places with Christ. Now, you can't get a better place than that. You can't earn a better place than that. You're in. Now, that should influence what we say and what we do, how we think. That we start looking to the manual, to the book, to the book of life. This one, right? And start seeing ourselves in the light of the word of God. Mm. Imagine what that looks like. So, I told you last week, week before, that... 
I was able to start erecting this hanger for an airplane in a shop. And since it's both, I call it the shanger, right? So I'm, I'm building this, this shanger on my property. I, it's super fun to do this. I, you know, I'm a builder. I work construction during the week. So this is, it's in my wheelhouse. And, uh, you know, you do a lot of thinking, a lot of planning, a lot of things, you know, before you submit a permit and do different things. So it's in, in my head. I'm seeing it. I have a vision of what this thing is going to look like. And it's huge. My wife teases me that it's almost the same size of the house. And she's right. It really is close. <laughs> but I saw it in my mind as I was building it. And <clears throat> what I couldn't see, because I didn't have experience with it, is these rolling doors, these sliding doors. I couldn't see it. I couldn't envision it. I didn't see what that was going to look like. And a friend was over that has experience in building these type of doors. And he goes, well, you know what you should do? And he laid it out. He showed me with his words how to build the doors in the right way to make them the most stable and functional and work right. And with his words, I could picture what he was saying about how to do that. He explained it in such a way I could lay it out in the imagery of my mind and see exactly what he meant. And where I was ignorant before because I didn't have knowledge, knowledge came and now I can see it. Now I can see it. I know exactly what to do. See where I'm going with this? Where we were ignorant once before, knowledge comes. It comes in the word of God. Things that you didn't know how to handle before. People you didn't know how to deal with before. Things inside you you didn't know how to sweep out and help with the help of the Holy Spirit. You didn't know how to handle that. But you've got the word of God inside of you and now light has come. Knowledge has come. Instruction has come. And you can begin to see yourself in the word. And you can deal with those people differently. right? You can look at yourself differently than you ever have before. Because of the knowledge of the word of God. It's, it's light. It's entrance into your spirit. That you can see the places that were dark. Where there was clutter and dust and, and, and things you didn't even want to explore. You didn't want to go in there. Light comes in and produces the ability to see what needs to be cleaned out and swept away. You hear that? Oh, God is good. God is good. But knowledge has to come. Amen? That means we've got to go to the word of God. And it's got to be more than just this morning. It's got to be more than just this morning because God will tell you things when you're in your own house, in your own chair, sipping your own coffee. Come on, he will speak to your heart and show you things. Amen? Amen. We saw in 2 Kings last week that Elijah just had a great faith victory, right? He called fire down from heaven. God showed up, burned up the offering. They took care of all these prophets of Baal, wiped them out. And right on the heels of that, Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you by tomorrow. This time you're going to be dead. And he saw himself dying at her hand. The Bible says when he saw that, when he saw that come to pass, when he saw Jezebel's word saying, I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow, he saw that come to his pass and he fled for his life. Right? The prophet that just saw fire fall from heaven because he allowed an image to get on the inside of him that was not God. We're going to have to deal with the same stuff. You and me. Come on now. The enemy's trying to produce an image inside of you that is not God. He's trying to produce an image inside of you that sees the boat sinking, right? The bank account run dry. 
right? That the sickness running its course. He's trying to produce in you an image. But God's trying to produce an image in you too, right? That's why we're here. So we can hear some words of faith because God wants you to see yourself well. He's producing inside of you an image of what it looks like to be totally whole and complete in Jesus' name. Produce an image of you to have the bank account full where you are giving into every good work. Come on, where the boat not only floats, but it makes its destination on time. Every time. Come on, you got to see it. You got to see it. And the word will produce this in our lives. Because there's always going to be a battle. You will not, short of this life, you will not ever be away from the battle in your mind. Come on, that's where the enemy, that's where the enemy starts. He cannot gain entrance into your life without first starting in your thoughts. Thoughts and ideas and suggestions. Come on, we take the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Those fiery darts are thoughts and ideas and suggestions. And he's constantly trying to get them in there. And you've got to recognize that's not from God. That is not who I am. That is not how this is going down. Let me tell you how this is going down. I'm going to be totally whole, healthy, and healed in Jesus' name. I'm walking out of this place, right? Full of the anointing and the power of God. Yeah? I remember a minister uh, preaching about praying for an uncle. And uh, they're just new into learning about faith and how you can... Uh, speak words of life into existence in your life from the word of God. They went and prayed over this uncle and he was sick. He didn't have long to live. And uh, doctors gave him up, said, there's nothing else we can do. And they, they talked to him about the word of God and prayed over him. And he, he said a few things that they helped him to say that he'd be well and whole. And, uh, and they said, well, that's, that's a good start. And so they kind of left the room and went over into the kitchen and then in just a few minutes, that uncle who was bedfast, just laying there waiting to die, steps into the doorway of the bedroom, just clinging on to the, the doorpost of the door, barely able to stand. And he says, I am not going to die. <laughs> I'm not going to die. Something in just a few minutes got a hold of his heart and his spirit. Something in just a few minutes said, come on, say something with some gumption behind it. That you are meant to live and not die. Something came out of his spirit. And he got better. And he got better. And he got better. And he got better. In three months, he was back to work. Living his life to the full. And the doctors are just going, we've never seen that happen before. How does someone get healed of lung cancer without any treatment, without any doctors, without any medication? Something on the inside can absolutely rise up inside of you like a roaring lion, the Spirit of God on the inside, and say some things, speak some things into existence. <laughs> Come on, that fires me up. Thank you, Lord. In Mark 6, we saw that Jesus took the fish and the loaves and, and when he blessed him and broke him, he looked up to heaven. We saw that word was anablepo, which means to look again, to look, to see, to receive sight. To receive sight. Jesus was seeing it multiply for the, for the multitude. Come on, in the natural, you can't feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. That's impossible. Unless, unless by the Spirit of God, it's multiplied. 
Amen? Jesus saw something. So in that same, in that same word, in Mark chapter 8, using that same word, Jesus took the blind man out of the city. He took him out of the city to get him away from the naysayers, to get him away from the negativity, to get him away from the what's going on here. He took him outside of the city, and then he spit in his eyes. <laughs> right? And he prayed for him, and he said, what do you see? And he said, I see a man who was blind saw nothing. Jesus said, what do you see? He said, I see men like trees. So then he prayed for him again, and he said, look up, Anableppo. Look up, look again, look to see, receive your sight. And the man looked up and he saw clearly. He saw clearly. There's something about looking up. There's something about seeing with the eyes of your understanding. Not the natural eyes, but seeing something in your heart. Imagining something from the word of God. What does that look like? What does that look like to walk in that, to fulfill that? To walk in the calling of God for my life? What does that look like? You've got to see it first. You've got to see it first with the eyes of your understanding on the inside. Do you know that? (laughs) Jesus said in Luke 21, he said, when you see all these signs, look up, your redemption draws near. Same word, look up, see it. Jesus is coming back. We're in that age, amen? I told you last week that uh, statistically back in the 50s, the doctors told um, this particular minister that 90% 90% of the people that were in this asylum that were, that were certifiably insane believed that they had committed the impardonable sin. They had rejected Jesus in some way, shape, or form. And it was just an, a tool of the enemy to get people to go nuts. What you think about, what you ponder, what you contemplate is what you will become. This is scripture. This isn't self-help books from Barnes & Noble. This is out of the Bible. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Come on, you think about this stuff long enough, you will become this. This is where depression and anxiety come from. And we have to figure out how we're going to deal with these thoughts and these ideas and these suggestions and not take that image down that spiral that leads to nowhere. We've got to begin to think about ourselves the way God sees us, to imagine what it looks like, to see it. Because when we're up against pressure... Come on, there's things we go to, the vices that we go to, right? What is our, what is our escape plan? The escape. What do we escape to, right? The world's escaping to all kinds of things, right? Drugs and alcohol, pills, food, porn, an escape. When I was a firefighter, they taught us about escape plans. This is a sweatshirt when I was a firefighter that I wear, wore, bought, Washington State Fire Training Academy. This is my wife's favorite sweatshirt of mine. She likes it when I wear this shirt. If things aren't going well in a conversation, she's not happy with me, I will find this shirt because I will take all the advantage I can get in that moment. I will take it all. And Lord, help me. If, uh, if I happen to be near a ladder and pick it up and start carrying a ladder, my wife's like... <laughs> just work with what you got, fellas. I'm just saying, whatever it takes. Put a little pep in your step. I don't know. But she, 
She loves this sweatshirt. So I've had this since 1996. Don't you laugh? You got stuff older than that in your closet. I've been talking to a few of you. <laughs> we take care of this shirt. It's washed gently. <laughs> we, um, when we were in, in uh, fire training, they taught us about escape plans. And they would teach us how to do search and rescue. And we would go into these buildings and we'd do search and rescue. And if you ever got lost or stuck, you could follow the you could follow the hose out. The water line that was in where the firefighters were, you could follow that hose back out the door. They always wanted you to remember where you were. Keep track of how many doors you went into as you're going down the hallway so you can count on the way back and get out if you need to. And we need to have an escape plan, right? Human beings, Christians, need an escape plan. And you can't go back to the old stuff anymore because it's not helping you. It's actually hurting you and pushing you farther away from deliverance. Did you know that? So you've got to have something in place before you get to the temptation, before you get to the anxiety or the depression or the worry or the whatever the enemy's trying to push up against you, the deadline, you've got to have your escape plan in place. Did you know that? And it's got to be something that involves the word of God, Absolutely. something where you can go back and you can pull that flashcard that you took the time to write that verse out, right? And you can read it and you can see yourself. You can take the time to imagine what it looks like to be God's very own to lay down all worry and cast all care. Come on, we're all dealing with care and worry, all of us. We don't carry it. Believers don't carry it. That doesn't mean it doesn't come to tempt you to dive in, but we have to reject it and say, no, God cares for me. He cares for me. Amen? Amen. We can cope in other ways as believers. We don't have to cope the way the world does. We have alternatives. Amen? But we cannot allow this stuff to overtake us and allow our imagination to spiral out of control on these things. We cannot allow it because it's meant to destroy you. It's meant to divide you. It's meant for you to sacrifice something good for something that is not of God. We've got to have an escape plan. It's going to require us to think about it, to imagine it, to go to it on purpose. Did you know that? Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Oh, I'm going to read this again. Hear this. Let this get down inside of you. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's the, that's the prophet Isaiah saying, God, you will keep them in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on you because they, that's us, come on, say, that's me. My mind is stayed on him and I trust in him. If you want peace, guess what you have to do? Pray for peace. No, you don't. You can't pray for peace. You got to get peace by going to the word and putting your trust and your mind on him. You can pray for peace all day long. If you don't put your trust in him, if you don't make your mind stayed on the king of kings and the Lord of lords and on his word, you will not have peace in your life. You can pray for it and 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 pray for it. His word will never change. He will keep us in perfect peace. Be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will what? Guard your hearts and your minds. 
That's when the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. When you are anxious for nothing, and in everything you bring your prayer and your supplication with thanksgiving before the Lord. That's when the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Come on now. Do you hear me? It's a battle for a mind. This series is about imagination. It's God-given thoughts and ideas and suggestions that see ourselves as God sees us. And then in turn, not just to be internal about it, but then to see people the way God sees them. You know, you'll stop being frustrated with people as much when you see yourself the way God sees you and then you see them, those people that bug you, those people that you're having trouble with, you see them the way God sees them? That Jesus hung on the cross with their name in mind? That their redemption is just a breath away if they'll just give their heart and lives to Jesus? Come on, you can put up with a lot. My mom says, you can, you can have the patience of Job for people, right? And Job had some patience, come on. You can have some patience for people when you see them the way God sees them. You gotta take the time to think about it that way. Come on, they're not your problem. People are not your problem. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's scripture. We war against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. That's our fight. Yeah? Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Turn to Psalm 89 with me. Psalm 89. You guys okay? I got a few more things. We made it an hour in church. Congratulations. There is not a participation ribbon to be handed out. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. Okay. God's words are containers of power and vision. God's words are containers of power and vision. When he speaks, we see things. If I say the word... Caleb, Caleb, anybody know what that means? Caleb, not English, Caleb, nobody, right? The, the word is Hebrew for dog, Caleb, right? So if I say dog, you picture, you picture a furry four-legged animal, right? But if I say it in Hebrew and you don't understand the meaning, then it produces zero, doesn't it? There's no understanding. There's no understanding. You have to understand it to see it. Right? So we've got to get into the word and purpose to understand. Don't get sidetracked and hung up on scriptures that you don't understand. Right? It may not be time for you to understand that yet. Keep reading. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you what you need to know and what you need to hear where you're reading. Keep going. He will open up what you need to hear and what you need to know. There are things we don't understand because it may not be time yet. And he will help us. If we pray and ask, he will help us. But how many of you know you can read the same scripture for a lifetime and see something new 40 years down the road, 60 years down the road, right? Because you're in a different place. You understand more than you did before. You're approaching it from a different perspective. Don't get hung up on not understanding that and the perspective that you're in. Keep reading. God will show you what you need to know. Amen? Understanding makes all the difference. God speaks in vision and he speaks in pictures. When he tells you things, you see things. You know that? And this vision produces power. It's a container of power to produce after its own kind. It's a container. 
So if you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it, you can be it. This releases light inside of us. I have a couple. Do you guys have those images? Okay, sweet. Put up the, um, put up the strong one first. Anybody recognize this cartoon? I got three girls, okay? I got a three-year-old up to a 12-year-old. Little Mermaid, right? This is King Triton. Guys, he's, he's bulky, right? He's beefy. He, he probably skipped leg day based on where his, wa- his waist is, but he's got an upper body, right? He's strong. He's strong. But in the movie, he gets turned into this other character, and it's not quite the same, not quite the same picture, right? And I give you this imagery so that you can see what it looks like in the spirit when we don't feed on the word of God. Your spirit can be emaciated. It can be weak. Did you know that? Even a born again, going to heaven spirit can be emaciated. It can be weak by not feeding it with the word of God, not ingesting the nutrition you need as a spirit being. You can be weak. That means things roll over you. Do you know that? The, the, the traps that the enemy has designed, when you're in this state, when you have not fed on the word of God, you get steamrolled. This is, this is the problem we see in the church, is that people are not experiencing the life of God in their, in their lives. And then it causes them to question why God is doing this. What's going on? And in reality, he's trying to tell us, if you will just feed on what I've given you, if you will just begin to partake of the light that I've put into the word of God, it will transform you on the inside. And you'll go from where you were this back to strength and power. Full. Come on now. I don't want to mess with this guy. The devil does not want to mess with strong Christian believers. He's going to tempt. He's going to try. But when you're strong and you understand who you are in Christ Jesus... Come on now, you can ward off a lot more than when you're emaciated and tired and weak, easy to overrun. I'm just speaking truth to you. <laughs> if you want to experience some more victory, get full of the word. Come on, start, start lifting those weights. Start understanding that, what it means to be in Christ. Start bench pressing. Don't skip leg day, right? Get some, get some workout in you. And you'll be strong and you'll be surprised. The things that used to just knock you on your bun won't do that anymore, right? It won't, it won't knock you over as easy anymore. You'll be able to say, no, I'm not, I'm not thinking like that anymore. That's not who I am. I'm not receiving that thought and that idea. No, that's not who I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not because of what I did, but because of what Jesus did inside of me. You see that? So we've got to ingest the word of God. And that means daily intake, right? Partaking of the word, hearing it preached in our ears from other sources and pick good preachers, right? You should be your best preacher. You should be the one that you're hearing yourself speak the word of God to yourself, but, but have other preachers speaking into your life. Great men and women of faith that know the word and know God. Hear them. Amen? It'll make you strong. It'll make you strong. Thank you, Lord. For we not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. We've got to see some things with the eyes of our spirit. If we're just carnal, if we just see what's in front of us, if we just see the problems right in front of us, we'll, we'll consistently be tripping over things. 
we begin to see things the way God sees them. It gets better. Amen? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's every thought, every idea, every suggestion that would say, this isn't you. You can't do this. You are not an overcomer. All of those ideas and thoughts, the word of God is strong enough to cast that down and say, no, that is not true. I am an overcomer. I am blood-bought. Amen? The word will do that for us. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, one more thing. Matthew chapter 9. Let me tell you the story. Matthew chapter 9. A man with a son that is possessed by a demon. Possessed by a demon. Many times it had thrown him into a fit. He had tried to toss him into the wire or into water, tried to kill his son. They have been barely keeping his son alive. This kid is possessed by the devil. And while Jesus is on the mount with, his, with three disciples, this father comes looking for Jesus and not finding him because Jesus is on the mount of transfiguration right before this in Mark. They find his other disciples. And he brought them to the disciples and asked them, will you cast this demon out? Well, these disciples had seen demons cast out. They, Jesus had given them authority to cast out devils and lay hands on the sick. They had been doing the works of Jesus already. And so they went after it. They tried this, that, and the other. And guess what? It didn't happen. The disciples of Jesus couldn't get it done. And Jesus comes down off the mount and he sees this conversation going on. And he goes, what are we talking about? And this guy spoke up and he said, I brought this, I brought my son to you because he's possessed and this evil spirit keeps trying to kill him. And I was hoping you could help us. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cast him out. And Jesus said, bring him to me. And so Jesus, in very short time, cast the demon out. Get out of him in Jesus' name, right? Just told him, just go, get out. And the demon had to obey Jesus, had to obey him. And the demon threw one last temper tantrum, and then he was gone. And he was gone so quickly that the kid looked like he was dead. But Jesus grabbed him by the hand, and he rose up, and he was totally well, totally whole, totally redeemed. And in the middle of this, right before Jesus spoke that life over him, Jesus said, <clears throat> the father said, from childhood, he the, this demon has thrown him either into the fire or the water. But if, he told Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. The father said, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now the father, the father has just seen Jesus' disciples unsuccessfully take care of this issue. So whatever hope he had when he brought the son was, was waning. Would you say that's probably true? Like, it didn't work, but now I'm coming to Jesus. And, and he's saying, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, help us. The dad does not see his son helped yet. But then Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And then the dad says, he cries out and he says with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Now, it seems like a contradiction. I believe but help my unbelief. When Jesus' response to that was, come out of him in Jesus' name. Right? He didn't say that in Jesus' name. We say that. Jesus said, come out. 
demon come out. And the, en- and the-, the enemy had to leave. So Jesus got inside of him a vision of what it would look like to be free. If he said, if you can believe, all things are possible. And he says, I believe, help my unbelief. So this comes out to say this. Faith will work in your heart even if you're dealing with thoughts of doubt in your head. Because the enemy is in the soul realm. He is in the mind realm. He is trying to get you to think these thoughts because if you will think and meditate on doubt and unbelief, it will get into your heart. But it can't get in there if you reject it. So you can believe in your heart. You can see this coming to pass. Whatever you're dealing with in life, come on, you, if you can see it coming to pass, even though you're going to get a thought of doubt, that's a temptation. What if this, what if this? Reject it. Recognize what it is. God is not lobbing thoughts of doubt into your mind. That is not from God. Reject the thought. Cast it down, right? Use the word of God. Cast it down and go right back to what you believe in your heart, seeing it with your, the eyes of your understanding. This is how faith produces. Just because you're having a thought does not mean that's your belief. Recognize it and say, that's not what I believe. Get out. Replace it with what you do believe because you can believe in your heart even with doubts in your head and you can still see the results. Kick those doubts out. Do you see that? He said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Well, Jesus, that was enough. That was enough. He got him to see it. Jesus said, come out. Amen? When we watch Jesus work, he's constantly trying to get people to a place of believing. He's talking to them. He's asking questions. He's giving instructions. He's making statements. What is he doing? He's, he's giving them the word, and it's producing something inside of them that he can work with over and over and over and over. You see that? Okay. There's more to say, but I'm done. You guys doing okay? Come on now. We're going to have to fight for the, for the battleground of our mind every time. And we've all been there. We've all been in the dumps, and if you recognize, why am I in the dumps? It's because I'm not thinking right. I need to change what I'm thinking. Amen? Picture what it looks like to be fully, fully filled with the Word of God, fully filled with the Spirit of God, fully God's own adopted son and daughter. Come on. That's a good place to be. Amen? Let me pray for you.